Welcome to the Brampton Talks podcast. First of all, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We know we've been on hiatus for a while, but thanks for listening last week, everybody. Who's happy to be back? Uh, well, I guess so. Like, we were always here. <laughs> you decided to have a life outside of Bramptonist. Yeah, yeah. I, I apologize for that. I, shame on shame me. On I'm always you. happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back with three topics this week, guys. Today, we're talking about a gun amnesty program proposed by a city councilor. Let me Sexton. guess who. Charmaine Williams? Yes. Yeah. Well, she's got some pretty radical ideas. So, I mean, this is n- keeping with the trend. We're also talking about Mrs. Exit. Could Mississauga be leaving Brampton for good? And Mayor Patrick Brown's first 100 days in office. Should the city of Brampton crack down on crime by buying back guns from... Who are they buying them back from? Just anybody? Well, they're they're buying them back from people who have guns. (laughs) It could be illegal gun owners or legal legal gun owners. It really doesn't matter. You're going to buy guns for a hundred bucks a pop. Yeah, because that's what gun owners will want for their guns. So, uh, Councillor Charmaine Williams, the colorful councillor who's come up with all sorts of ideas that have been controversial um, the last little while, is proposing that the city of Brampton pay a hundred dollars a pop to buy back guns from the community in a bid to end. The violence has been escalating in the city. We've seen a, I mean, a rise in crime and and a lot of petty crime and some violent crime as well. Um, and I think her hope is that by bringing the guns off the streets that they can reduce that. The in- Well, actually, this has picked up interest from everywhere. It's not the first time she's floated this idea. No. Um, it's and, been a few months. the last months, time she yeah. did it, I think it picked up national interest. Yeah, but like every time she For the wrong reasons. Yeah, every time she mentions it, it's just everybody getting angry at her. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's a in in theory it's a good idea to get guns off of streets. It reduces the um, the amount of gun crime. Like it it, it reduces gun violence. Uh, like the, the statistics point to that. Um, Stop but, hitting your mic, Shishi. Yeah, for God's sakes. But um, this particular policy is just going to be ineffective because you're competing against like five hundred dollars to fifteen hundred dollar uh, worth guns on the market yes. versus a hundred dollars per gun for a maximum of three guns. Well, it, I, and this is the, there's an article in our city that kind of captured a lot of the Reddit chatter and just the online chatter um, from experts as well. When the first time she floated this idea, um, yeah, like. Uh, these firearms, A, are coming from America, uh, so they're illegal black market guns coming from the States, and they're easily replenished in the marketplace. Um, so buying back guns doesn't really solve the issue of guns flooding the market. In some ways, it kind of just becomes a government subsidy of illegal U.S. guns. Well, yeah, I guess so. And then, Well, then the second issue is, if I was to sell guns privately um, or in the black market, all the market value, sorry, for these guns is, is in between $500 to $1,500. So yeah, so like I'm, what crazy person, if you're doing the math, is going to take 100 bucks from the city or they could just privately sell it and get 5, 10, 20 times that. Yeah. Um, they're already like illegal gun owners. The city they're doesn't, not going to care. Like, the city doesn't, if the city doesn't know that they own a gun, why even go to the city? Right. It's actually, it makes more sense to just sell your gun on the black market at that point. And, well, and if you're a... A lawful owner of a gun, uh, you're better off just selling your gun legally or just giving it to uh, a friend who's also a gun owner, right? Like, what are you getting by giving it back for a hundred bucks? This is 
it's kind of ludicrous a bit. It's a good feel-good kind of policy piece, but I don't know what the practicality of this is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, practicality is important here. You have to make it make the deal sweet for these people. We know at the end of the day, it's it would do good for the community, but I mean, you've got to give them more than 100 bucks. Like if, if, if you have the buyback, you couple it with the weed policy that came from Councillor Shermaine uh, Williams, um, She's at least upholding her promises that she made during the municipal elections. You're right. She definitely True. is. So she's like, doing what she said she was. You're no. absolutely right. She's doing what she said she was going to do. She always said she was going to oppose uh, cannabis, and she didn't waver on that. And she, this has been an idea she's been floating for a while. So she's you, coming through. You know, and I think she you, really does feel like she's representing the people in her ward. Um, it's an interesting ward because. I th- I don't think she won by a big margin. It was a really competitive field, and there were a lot of candidates. Yeah, there were three that got equally competitive candidates, uh, and she happened to eke out the victory. So, um, I mean, if you were to say ban cannabis from the city, um, then you can have an endless gun buyback program. Actually, yeah, I, you know what? You know what? I'll give credit to uh, Councilor Williams is that at least we're talking about this now because I don't know if we would have talked about this as potential solutions to crime issues. You're so right. And there actually. are violent crime issues yeah. in the city. Let's not kid ourselves that the city is no. growing. There has been an uptick, uh, and there's been an uptick on the use of ammunition and guns and, and crime. Uh, but is this the actual solution? And the experts seem to disagree. Yeah, and well, I, I happen to agree with those experts. I think you make a Typical good point, of a liberal though. Elite. <laughs> we're in like a new era of Brampton where we're talking about real topics and real issues. <laughs> That's <laughs> Rather true. than Isn't fighting it, yeah. over golf courses and you whether to fund <laughs> hockey teams. Like, this is, you know, whether you agree with her policy or not, like, we're we're in a new age. Yeah, yeah. Talk we're about t- the hockey team. We're talking about real stuff. What's the, what's the Brampton Beast record? Like, are they even playing right now? Like the fact does that we don't know even this know? <laughs> is troubling. Does we the, do know, though, does that the, the government still have a marketing uh, initiative with them where, you know, uh, I haven't yes. seen any of the ads. Well, well, that's the thing. It was a three-year commitment. So we technically are still in that commitment. But the city's in the midst of doing a um, a um, value for money uh, audit at the moment. So it'll be interesting when that comes back to see whether we actually got any value on that. Well, I'm going to go say. with no, but we're, we're going to see. So I guess we're digressing here. Um, there isn't much to say about the gun topic, is there? Well, there's not much to say when you're literally fucking eating a sandwich in between the sentences. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't bring a snack, Sushil, so how dare you? It's delicious. Very snack. rude. And isn't I even sharing with us. And you know what the richest part of this is? He's what? drinking a goddamn Perrier with it. Like, <laughs> Ray. Yeah, screaming, just screaming a liberal elite right Yeah, here. he went to Little Shop and didn't get us anything. Yeah, thank you. So Look, we're judging I have you. places to go after recording this. Yes. Mrs. Sexit is in full swing. It looks like Mississauga could be abandoning Brampton soon. Currently, the province is doing an audit of all regional governments, and that could mean that Mississauga and Brampton split. How nice is it that the Mississauga are going to brand this whole initiative there as Mrs. Exit, aligning it with the equally ludicrous Brexit? Seriously, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, Bonnie Crombie's been in the news with various media outlets talking about the fact that they wanted to separate from Brampton and, and Caledon for a long time, that it would save their municipality or, or their city $30 million, blah, 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 on and on. But what she's not talking about is the fact that Brampton and Caledon to a degree, but mostly Brampton because of the population size we have and the amount of taxes we pay into the region, has essentially like 
supported Mississauga and throughout all of their development over the last 10, 20 years. Yeah. And now they want to dip on us. And, and like we're the side chick was, they're trying to leave. Like, nah. That was by design. The whole point of a regional governance is just help each other grow and become a very viable and strong region. And regions are the future of municipal planning. Yeah. Uh, and the future of cities are regions. Uh, just like, you know, go look at Tokyo, like their metropolitan region, like how fucking huge that thing is. Yeah. Right. People are, even, at, people are even uh, saying Toronto's future is going to be yeah. more or less like Tokyo's. Like, it's going to be like Tokyo, like London, like New York City, uh, and like Portland. So uh, why would... Why do we want to be like Detroit? We're literally going to go backwards. Why do we want to be like Detroit or the Bay Area, right? Um, we have a problem here where you want to split up these municipalities, sure, right? But then you're also kind of more likely to have city councils that just, you know, passed a buck to other municipalities in terms of solving a problem. One of the biggest problems we've had is have is the housing crisis. The reason why things are so expensive in the Bay Area is because there is no single jurisdiction for the entire Bay Area. Every city is its own little jurisdiction, and every city should be responsible for solving the housing crisis, but they don't. They love passing the buck and blaming other municipalities in the region. Same thing's going to happen here because it's the same thing that happens in literally any instance where you have jurisdictional fragmentation like this. Well, and the other thing that was rich from the article, the Global Mail article that I kind of profiled this with Mayor Crombie, like in this, you know, a very strong pose at her desk, like showing she means business about her her version of Brexit. It, you know, they're like, well, you know, Mississauga's tethered to these smaller neighboring cities. Brampton's like uh, like almost okay, the same we have size. Like three hundred thousand less. I think people. not even. I no. think Brampton's six hundred twenty now. Yeah. yeah, And Mississauga's like seven hundred twenty. So, so it's like a hundred thousand, like eighty percent maybe. We're actually we have more land than Mississauga. We're going to surpass Mississauga in the next decade or two in total population. Like we're not some little dinky town that's dragging Mississauga down. And if anything, Mississauga has always had the clear majority advantage on regional council. Like none of these arguments make sense. Other than it just being a pure emotional uh, like so direction, wait, 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 where wait. they could just make a buck. Are off you all telling the help? me? Are you telling me that Mississauga had control over all the tax dollars that Bramptonians were paying into the Peel region? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So all of our tax dollars was essentially, you know, used by Mississauga councillors to reallocate to. Let me guess, Mississauga. Yes. Oh wait, was it wasn't it Mississauga city councilors that uh, um, helped? Uh, I don't know destroy um, uh, a lot of daycare services that would have helped. I don't know the youngest city in Canada. Probably. Yeah, I, I believe that is true. Yes. Yeah. And all the dollars that went from that region went to go support Mississauga first, oh. with the expectation that then it will help Brampton and then Caledon afterwards. But now, conveniently, after Mississauga has all grown up. It doesn't need Brampton anymore. I'm sorry, but... Th- sorry, this, you're this describing... This, we're not signing those divorces. You papers. are describing Mississauga as a gold digger. Well, I guess so. <laughs> More like just an irresponsible partner that yeah. just is, is unwilling to now to provide compromise. space yeah. to Brampton now that we're kind of finding our legs to grow up and be a nice, proper city. Mississauga, I helped you build your career, and you know when I want to build mine, you're just going to run away? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, unacceptable. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're, they've tr- they've treated Brampton like the side chick for so so long. Like we have, like you said, 
first of all, paid for so much of their development. But second of all, we've never, ever had a proportionate amount of votes on regional council either. We've gotten the shaft so much. And yet we sit here in this practically abusive relationship, not <laughs> leaving, because frankly, at this point, we can't. I, I want to mention something money. else. I mean, let's talk about act, like the things that will increase if you split up the region. Poverty. Right mm-hmm. now, uh, affordable housing, I believe, is a is a Peel Region initiative. What happens if you break up Peel Region? You know, same thing with water, right? Um, water, um, cleaning the water, fluoridating the water. Um, you end up with uh, you know outcomes, uh, health outcomes within you know with dental health, and that primarily helps Caledonians more than anything else because you know without Peel Region, Caledonians you know probably wouldn't be able to afford a lot of the water filtration to the same extent that we can, and yeah. and you know. Something like fluoridation, you know, done by the region, um, has massive benefits just to our dental health. Um, you have to deal with affordable housing, as mentioned earlier, and you know there is a whole series well, of leasing other- is regional. Leasing garbage, is also and also our, our, garbage. our shelters. I mean, Brampton yeah. already doesn't really have very. We have one youth shelter and one women's shelter, yeah. uh, barely, and that's all operated by the region as well. So, what happens to those services? Well, then so, that's where Masaga is kind of like, well, we will operate separate, like you boards of sorts. Huh. Well, it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's you benefited from all the growth yeah. support. And now you're also going to benefit from all the shared costs, but you're not going to return the growth support now back to the other municipalities that gave it to you. This is a lot like what happened with Detroit, right? So uh, when you split a fra- when you when you split up jurisdictions like this, what happened with Detroit is you had the tax base that keeps moving to other jurisdictions where there is no um, where the region can't tax, mm-hmm. even if it's in the same region. So that's why you have Detroit, which is hollowed out, and then Detroit's suburbs are wealthy. Yeah. Um, that's the big problem with Detroit. It's because we they followed the model that Mississauga wants for Peel region. Mm-hmm. And my question is, why do you want to be like Detroit? Like, why do you want to, like, um, make things worse for well, the Well, and poor? The, re- the regional chair... Uh, who happens to be a Mississauga counselor, did side with Brampton and Caledon on this, that, hey, we, they paid into our growth, and now it's our time to pay it back. This is not a time to talk about exiting. Again, and this com- completely goes contrary to the longstanding trend of just larger super regions and ensuring that regions are competitive in a global market, yep. as well as being able to provide residents the services they need. Because... Let's face it, most residents don't think in terms of like hard loyalties to Brampton or even Toronto or Mississauga, how we traditionally may have understood that. Our cities all merge into one another. You cannot even tell where one ends and the other begins, right? Aside from maybe hard downtown cores, but majority of people are not in the hard downtown cores. They're in the peripheries and you can't even tell. I lived in Etobicoke for about a year or two. You literally cannot tell properly when Mississauga starts from Etobicoke. And then where Brampton then hits again from yeah. Mississauga. You can't tell. It all is the same. And, you know, adding to your point, uh, do we want to be like Tokyo? Do we want to be like uh, London, UK? Do we want to be like New York City? Or do we want to be like Detroit? And, you know, that's really the question Mississauga should try to answer. Yeah. You know, where does it see itself going? Yeah, and ultimately, if Mississauga is going to treat us like a bad ex-girlfriend, they can just ghost on. I'm fully prepared to be that psycho ex that never, ever, ever lets them forget it. We will not go away. (laughs) No, we shouldn't. The far more exciting proposition is, 
amalgamation. Like if That's you put Mississauga and Brampton idea. together, yeah. we have now propelled ourselves as one of the, I think the top five largest cities in Canada. Yeah. We've we are now a major player in Ontario that can compete with Toronto. You put yourself on a global map. Like what do we get from cutting each other up? The commutes between Peel regions are far stronger than within any one individual city yeah. or even with Toronto. The, the shared history regionally and planning-wise between cities like Mississauga, Brampton, even Calgary to an extent, go back all the way to the beginning. Like here on Ontario Street, like look at any of the planning. It was always developed in this kind of mindset. The future is Mississauga, Brampton working together, not splitting up. And, and I want to add to this point. Uh, Robert Peel, whom Peel Region is named after, was a uh, free marketeer, um, pro-free trade prime minister in the UK who fought against the sort of protectionism that Mississauga wants. Yeah. So if you think about it, you know, if we really want to honor honor who Peel was, uh, I think we should uh, not try to uh, think of our literal neighbors, you know, just one street over yes. as um, being part of a different tribe. We're all the same people. It's just, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's this ludicrous. is city politics. It Why are you ludicrous. trying to, like, import border politics here? Yeah. Color me surprised if uh, the province agrees with Mississauga. I just feel like the trends and the historical understanding of the PC party is not one of fracturing municipalities. It's about amalgamating them. Let's hope. Uh, let, let, let's hope they go the way to we have. Well, let, let's, let's say, like you believe in Premier Ford, Shishil. Just just say it. Let's let's hope <laughs> Premier Ford does the right thing. <laughs> It has been 100 days since Mayor Patrick Brown was inaugurated as Mayor of Brampton. How is he doing? What has his track record been like? We are going to discuss all that right now. Time does fly by when you're having fun. Apparently. It's like we were kind of doing the math here before starting. And we're like, oh, shit, it's been 100 days. We should probably talk about this. Totally. I mean, it's you're right. It's gone by quick. So what stands out to me? I, I think, first off... Um, it's been fairly clear right from the get-go with the HMLRT vote, with the regional chair selection, with a lot of the stuff that was happening in the early days of this term of council, that the progressive six on council were going to dictate the terms. I think that was made very clear in the beginning. Uh, and it was like either sink or swim, come along or fight against the tide. Right. But and that's it, not going to be well. And I'll, and I'll give credit to uh, to Mayor Brown in that. He quickly realized the dynamics of council and had no issues being pragmatic, a pragmatic team player moving forward. Right? And I mean, if you were to look at his policy uh, for the PC party, uh, you would see that he was generally a progressive guy to begin with. So it just made a lot more sense for him to be on side with people who were more forward-looking mm-hmm. than people who wanted to keep uh, Brampton operating like a small town. Yeah. Well, I think there was a perception that his traditional allies on council would be Willens and Pileshi and Bowman. I don't know how hard of a how hard those ties are, right? Uh, I Again, I think Mayor, Mayor Brown has proven himself so far— Especially after that, you know, the first you know week or two of council, that LRT vote. Yeah, after that LRT vote, <laughs> yep. that you know, I, you know, Willens, Pileshi, and Bowman's vision of Brampton doesn't necessarily align with the majority. 
yeah, I think for me, uh, what has stuck out is that he's very much positioned himself as the mayor of the people is very accessible to a lot of groups in Brampton. And I think people appreciate being heard and, and he's, he's out all the time, but that has not changed since he was elected. He's still very much active at various functions and events and having FaceTime. I think people are not used to that having FaceTime with their elected officials, especially their mayor. Mm -hmm. Um, So they kind of soak it all up. Right. Um, I've attended a couple, one of the town halls that, that they've had on the budget and some other events and things. And I think people are just happy to have that the ear of Mm -hmm. council in general. Um, Yeah. So I think it's been positive that he's been so accessible to people and um, has been sort of, hearing what the community has to yeah. say. I think you re- recognize that there was a lot to learn, obviously not being from here, not an OG Bramptonian, mm-hmm. that that there was going to be some things he needed to, to learn. And I think he's picked that up pretty quickly. I think one thing that I really liked was uh, for the budget consultations, the you know public budget consultations, um, there was just one massive call to I think every household. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a telephone town hall. And then I just got a random call. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick on this. And it was Wait, him. you have a home phone? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't have a home phone. Yeah, so. that's, I know it's a bit weird. I know it's a bit Strange. weird. I know. Uh, but it, it comes as part of the package when you want like high school. Yeah, you whatever. Let's just sleep at night, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to justify it to us. Yeah. But it was him and Paul Vicente uh, just being on, uh, just, just talking to constituents mm-hmm. uh, and, and taking questions right there. That was something people. they tried in the previous term yeah. as well. And I think the rest of council shot it down after doing it once. Yeah. Um, so, I, again, I think that is... Yeah. Uh, that's a really good telltale sign of how there's a new council in town yeah. uh, that is much more willing to be open to these kind of yeah. ideas than the old one. Because like, the old one did it once. I think they hated the uh. being interacting with residents at that level. <laughs> Ew. Who so would want to do that yeah. if and they, they were And a they canceled it the second time around and that we're not going to do this again. I, I know that was something that Mayor Jeffrey at the time liked yeah. a lot. Uh, so it's, again... It's a product of a very good council yeah. uh, and a mayor that kind of understands that this council's voice does probably better represent the majority of Bramptonians. Yeah. On top of that, too, the, that the mayor himself, and I think other councillors have been showing up, too, has been doing sort of little coffee chat town halls across the city as well. And I went to one. I think the sense was, again, that people have for a long time not felt heard. And not felt included in consultations or the process of any sort of decision making. So people are soaking it up. They're bringing their issues to the table, and council as a whole is, is starting to hear from people. Yeah, and it's it's kind of hard to talk about this council and like and isolate people out of it. Um, I think relative. Why not? Let's call well, people, well, call the people sure, out. Sure, sure. No, there. well, look, I, uh-huh. I think. They've been much We're more. The gallery, after all. Well, yeah, well, I, I think they've been they've been much more of a cohesive unit than previous terms of council. That is super clear. Um, I think councillors like Bowman, Willens, and Pileshi are not vocal like they were last term of council. They've all been very quiet. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see what they bring to the table. Uh, they don't. They didn't really get the portfolios they wanted. I when they were picking committees, none of them sort of got. Oh yeah, there, there's wanted, there's new so. sheriffs in town. Like that's very yeah. clear. Like the yeah. old, like the the uh, it's been so long now. I forget what the how what they're used to call the the obstructionists or the regressives. Something uh, like that. The, obstructionists. Uh, I the think the obstructionists. It was the obstructionists. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever. See, it feels so distant now that like it's irrelevant. Um, that that game in town is gone. Right. Like, the first hundred days. I think alleviates any kind of concerns people had that would Brampton just revert back to what it used to be. 
Like the, the ghosts of Elaine Moore like, yeah. and these folk, they're gone. Well, they're, it, it really, I think it really is just Elaine Moore. She's the one that tries like, to pull the strings and I think she can't anymore. I, I, no, and I, I don't even think like folks like the Davises have any pull yeah. like they used to have, right? Yeah. It's like the old guard is gone, right? Let's be frank. This is one of the most diverse and youngest cities in the country. And I, I kind of feel like we're acting that way now, at least yeah. with this council. And now we can all finally move on and heal from that dark, dark time. <laughs> yeah, it was history. a very dark time. It was like a 20 to 30 year old dark time. Yeah. If you think about it. Like <laughs> yeah. that is yeah, such a long time. Me. Well, it's just as like millennials, um, we only now have kind of grown up into the position of being the majority like yeah. as a voting bloc yeah, exactly. majority as a voice in our communities we can now ask for the city we want right, right? we have rather the ability than being, rather than like growing up in a, in a city where like if we, we had to like walk 30 minutes to get to school and that sort of deal right like we <laughs> can actually advocate for came transit minutes yeah like now we can advocate for transit and, mm-hmm. and you know transit that comes every five or ten minutes um, or just larger, more progressive ideas yeah. and just better planning. Like the HMLRT debate was such a great way to start this council off yeah. that it, it really capped like, these 100 days nicely in that, well, not even cap, it set the foundation for these first 100 days very nicely because it made it very clear immediately that these guys are serious. And that was a big fear was well, everyone kind of just relapsed into the same old safe, don't really do anything, status quo that kind of Brampton's become known for for the last 20, 30 years. Um, with a nice mix of like scandal and corruption, or are we going to actually become a place where we'd kind of do things a little more innovatively? Yeah, we're seeing progressive ideas across the board from these new councillors, Charmaine Williams, Rowena Santos, Paul Vicente. They're they're all bringing new ideas to the table, and that's what we all wanted, right? So, I well, guess, I think the progressives would argue about Charmaine Williams. Yeah. Well, she's bringing new ideas. But she's bringing to the new table. ideas. New though. ideas. They're not progressive ideas. They're new ideas. <laughs> they're interesting ideas yes. outside <laughs> the box. Yes, definitely. Let's, let's be fair. She's uh, doing her thing, and I mean, she feels she's re- representing her constituents and. Well, I, I think you make a good point. That. Like the, the loudest voices are the new councillors um, or the returning councillors that were traditionally seen as allies of Mayor Jeffrey, right? Like the Pat Fertini, Martin Maderos, Gerprit Delon, and then all the new councillors. And then the rest of them are just crickets. Right, and the rest of them are quiet because I, I don't know what, what are the values and principles that they stand on that kind of will help well, shape a new and future-looking brand. I, I don't they, know. I mean, I mean, when you looked at their websites, they never really had any sort of policies listed. No, well, I remember Councillor Willens' website was something like carrying on the family tradition. Yeah. And, so and I, mean, I think like that was like thirty Pileschi, years same ago. Thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Need... Family tradition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Family tradition being somebody with your last name is elected. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then that's what municipal politics has been here for a very yeah. long time. It was just like dynastic nepotism. Yeah. Um. I, I feel like we've moved on from that. Yeah. Pretty significantly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the question is, what do we want to see the next? 100 days, the next 200 days, the next four years. Well, there's a lot of big things still have to be, like, so committees still have to be selected. Um, I think all the applications went in, uh, the process of starting their interviews and sending those out. So that's a big next step, like committees actually have to get shaped. Um, they got to drop their first budget, which will yes, be a big yes. indicator of some of their priorities. And, you know, Mayor Brown did promise 0% increase, so sounds like he's still pushing for that the question is will he will he deliver on i don't think he'll deliver on zero but i think he will deliver a smaller historically historically as we told you spoke about this last week it was 0.8 if i recall yes and they said they're still looking for other efficiencies so Um, it's it's half of the promise yeah it was it was it was half of what he promised well look and i think if we want to be reasonable like okay, well, us we can give that. People yeah, know that sure. that's pretty dang good. Uh, the unreasonable people might be upset that they didn't get their zero percent, but 
we talked about this last week. Where, well, you know, how are you going to fund a, a growing city with zero yeah, percent? Yeah, I think yeah. that's just an era of uh, an overpromise, yeah. um, or what what the yeah. the opposition would call a lie, uh, than um, actually a shortcoming and actually a serious and attempt at trying to cut the amount of uh, tax that's going out from people. Uh, so, like uh, those those gestures are there from what was promised during the election. So. I mean, next up, uh, from what looks like what uh, Patrick Brown wants and what other city councillors want, cutting red tape. That's going to be a big one. Yeah, uh, development times are yes. a huge yep. problem. They just in launched a new website to attract international inv- uh, investments yep. in the city. So they're going to be looking at bringing uh, companies here, more jobs, that kind of thing. It seems like that's going to be a big priority for the Economic Development Department, as directed by the mayor's we, office. We have to get Ryerson built. You yeah, know, Ryerson's a big brick-and-mortar location, not yep. just working out of uh, New City Hall. So I guess speaking of Ryerson, because the big thing is funding, how do we think that the mayor is going to navigate that that issue with the province and with the feds over the next few years? Because we need the monies. Yeah, yeah I think it starts by not calling it a parking lot university anymore. Um, I think he stopped that. I think, I think he has. They, they didn't have stopped. Yeah, I think kind of realized that, you know, what, we have a university. Yes. They want to stick with us. So I think that's not shit on this. That is helpful. <laughs> that's a good helpful start. It's hard to ask for money. Like, in one hand, you're saying this thing's a piece of shit. And the next hand, you're saying, like, also give us money for this piece of shit. Yeah. Um, so that's helpful. Um yeah, it's me interesting because the province is probably not going to do anything in the near future. Um, the feds, they got an election coming up in October. The the Trudeau liberals are reeling from a string of um, bad press. and You don't have to talk about it here. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we had this conversation last week again. Uh, so I guess if there's a time in the hope that the federal government will start doling out money to kind of shore up support, now's the time to kind of get now active. Is fe- yep, yep. Yeah, and I think that Especially like keeping keeping five MP seats mm-hmm. against any sort of orange tide. From well, the and their state. budget is dropping soon too, right? Yeah. The federal budget. So I mean, I think I think it would make a lot of sense to to fund a university. It would be nice if the, the in, upcoming in federal budget yeah. has a line the LRT and um, you know other and all things the projects. Too. I doubt they're going to fund all that. Riverwalk. Stuff they don't want to yeah. build that like precedent. Twenty but. billion dollars for Brampton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But I think here's the thing about Mayor Patrick Brown is he has the opportunity here to add some pressure. Where I think the former mayor was, she was on friendly terms with so many people it's hard to to add pressure when you've got allies you have to think of so many there's so many factors you have to be a little bit more you massage your relationships a little bit more whereas he doesn't really have that many allies no you know? I, so i think he can add a little bit more pressure and be a little bit more vocal and push maybe the feds at the very least the province probably aren't going to budge for him but at the feds at the very least to get yeah. us some funding yeah well look I, we're at a certain certain point in time where our MPPs or majority opposition MPPs, our mayor is technically an opposition mayor to the provincial government and kind of to the federal government. Now's the time to just be fiercely like yeah. Brampton, right? Like just be boldly Brampton, For sure. double down on what Brampton needs and, and just bang those drums. Yeah. Uh, it, just make noise. Like you, you, what else can we do? Be we as tried real the other politic stuff. about it as much as possible. Yeah. I think that that's what he plans to yeah. do. Like we saw with the 450 train, he was out there on the train with media you know, really kind of stomping, stomping the, the grounds and, and asking for change, I don't think that that's going to change. Like, I don't think that's going to change. I think that that's going to be his strategy moving forward and I think for it's a, a lot of one. different things. Yeah, I think it's going to work for him. It, you know, it's about time uh, that Bramptonians feel that we have a council that will just 
argue fiercely for Brampton's needs, right? And I think that's what we have with this council. I don't think they're necessarily aligned partisan-wise to any yeah. party. Um, I think they all have their preferences. Uh, they all have political all have parties that I'm familiar with. They do. That they have. But, but I think they're <laughs> willing to... Some of them anyway. No, but uh, I'll be fair, though. I think they're willing to be proudly Bramptonian yeah. and advocate for Brampton's need regardless of who's sitting yeah. on the other side. Uh, you know, the, the, the good thing is, I mean, you know, the progressive six, for example, like they all hail from all three different parties. Yeah. So, well, you Well, has been vocally supportive he's of a PC. the PC. Martin Medeiros has he's vocally a, been supportive of the Liberals. He's a liberal, so. yeah. Rowena worked for, for the Jagmeet NDP. Singh, right? Uh, like, so, I mean, they are all across. Rap. Yeah, like, yeah. they're from all across the different parties and I think they all kind of Despite that, they understand that they're on the same side here in Brampton. So it kind of shows. Well, that, municipal hey, you know progressive what? issues don't necessarily always align exactly. with partisan like progressive yeah. issues, right? You know, so progressive municipally means you know we want like an urbanist sort of city, you know, mm-hmm. a, a city where people can kind of walk to work or not have to take you know thirty minutes to get to work. You know, instead of right. taking fifteen minutes by well, drive, you also want a, cycling or walking. Yeah, and right? you, like you want a city that's able to get a shovel in the ground quickly and get yeah. projects up and, and have good projects go up quickly, right? And we're the opposite of that. Yeah. And municipally red tape isn't a left or right issue. Municipally red tape is just red tape. We want yeah. to build a better city. Right. Let's kind of cut that down. Mm-hmm. Right? So if we're looking at it overall, what are you gonna rate the mayor and and council as of right now? Out of out of five stars. Out of five what are stars. They wow. Give him a three point five. Well, really, yo, I give them higher yo. than that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I it's kind of whoa, 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 whoa. But it's I, always I, difficult to be the first one out the gate. So okay, I'll, let me, I'll give let, you that. Let, let me be real here. Let me be real. Be, 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 that is not a failing grade. That is a passing grade. Yes. All right. And okay, it's but not it's practically just. Failing. Oh no, 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 no. What do you mean practically failing? Okay, like a one one whole point down from failing. What are you, my? What are you, my mom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> are you my mom? <laughs> yeah. That, that. Okay. Well, that's fair. Okay. 3. Justify 5. though. Justify because. Yeah. Okay. I need to understand this. Okay, okay. So uh, I don't... Because of, let's face it, okay, 4.0 is an A, right? I want to give him a B, so I give him a 3.5. But okay. we're not on the 4.0 scale. We're on a five-star scale. That's yes. a different yeah. scale. And five <laughs> is 100%, which is an A+. plus. Okay, well, right? I'm going to give so, them a 4.5. Yeah. Wow. I think they've done okay. pretty... That's pretty I, high, I, though. It's yeah. 100 days. What's your justification, days. for example? I, I like where, where the policies are going. Yeah. I like the decisions they've made so far on the LRT and some of the other key projects. I think they really hustled for Ryerson, despite the fact that the rug was pulled out from under us. So what I'm seeing so far is pretty positive. They're working together. So 4.5 for now, but this is not a permanent score. Okay, so you know what? Work really hard Wait, to maintain that. Yeah. You know what? That's reasonable. I'm going to bump my score up to 4.0. Wow. Look at this guy. This is a fence sitter, like <laughs> trying to play both sides of the. You know no. what? Just stick to your answer. What do you mean both sides? It. It's like my like own side. You can't side. be hard and like, okay, I'm going to throw them a softie here at the same time. Just pick a side. Oh, you, okay, you, okay, you guys said, okay, how would you rate the mayor? I said, okay, no, 3.5. I said mayor and council. Mayor and council. Thank you okay, very much. Then, then I would give that a 4.0. Okay, <laughs> okay. altogether. Okay. Altogether, they've been doing a great job. Yes. All right. Um, you 4. know, 4.0 is great. That's a good score. Well, look, I'm going to give them a five. Um, a five out of five. You need to provide an actual justification. I, I will provide a justification. It's what were the some of the key issues that we needed to solve right away, right, when we walked into this thing. One was the HMLRT. Yes. And that was such a contentious issue. And that was an issue so easily that could have been just sidestepped and pushed to the side by this council. They could have just played it safe. They didn't, right? They went hard on the hardest issue right out of the gate. The issue that was plaguing the uh, the previous term of council was solved in like the first week. I'm sorry, but that's a fucking grand slam and the, the, the bottom of the ninth and figuring this shit out. So 
I I put give that a lot of kudos. That takes a lot of okay. guts. Secondly, Patrick Brown has proved to be pragmatic. Yes. And that's all we wanted him to be. I don't actually care where he stands on this issue or that issue. Is he willing to be pragmatic with the majority of his council? The majority of council, now third point, has proven to be progressive. Now, my opinion probably would have changed drastically if it was like the same old, you know, crappy, you know, guards of councillors that most retired from last time still in charge. Right, then I wouldn't be so happy with Patrick Brown being a team player because that's not the wrong team to be a player with. Yeah. So he's th- on the right team. He's on the right team, at least in my humble opinion, and I'm sure all of yours as well. That that for me stands out because that could have easily gone the other way as well. He could have teamed up with Willens and Pileshi and Bowman, which was made clear during the HMRT debate, and just stuck with that. But he didn't. Third, uh, fourthly, I think this council is, gives provides enough space for healthy debate without making it toxic. Right, so that Char- is true. Charmaine Williams, very true. You know, her cannabis position was an outlier position, right? And it got heated. The debate was heated. The debate was long. I don't think it went toxic. I still yeah. think it was pretty cohesive amongst that team. They can still work together as yes. coworkers and yeah. look each other in the eye and take each other seriously after that. Exactly. And then just otherwise, just in the community, just everyone's accessible. They're making themselves accessible. Well, at least the, the progressive six are in the mayor is that they're making themselves very pro, uh, accessible. They're very uh, available. And they're always out at me- meetings and events. You see them everywhere. Um, that to me is is the essence of like municipal politics. You have to be in tune with the grassroots. You got to put yourselves out there and, and interact with the people in the community because they're, we're not bombarded with mainstream news the way national provincial issues are. Right, The only way to kind of get the municipal issues across is grassroots one-on-one. So when you look at these things like in their totality, and again, kind of uh, echoing uh, Nikita's point, the policies seem to be right. You know, The right decisions are being made at the region and at the municipality. They're thinking boldly. They're willing to take risks. Um, and they've just been, they've been a, I've been very impressed with this council and mayor. It's gone exactly how I predicted, uh, and it's gone exactly how I wished it would. Uh, so it'll be it'll be very rich of me to say that everything's gone right, but I'm going to give them a four because I don't believe in fives out of fives. I'm not one of those guys. <laughs> I think they I think they deserve a five out of five for the first hundred days. Now this could derail very quickly. Yeah, um, no, no, no. but this but the five out of five okay. for the first hundred okay. days is so is I understand. All there. I understand your criteria. My rubric is is significantly different. My rubric is based on my idealized state of affairs of how Brampton should be. So <laughs> for me, it's like unless unless if there is density on every street corner, <laughs> if there is mixed use zoning everywhere by well, look, default. Look, there's two two three condos going up oh, now. Yeah, there's yeah, the yeah. This building, the, the shovels are in the ground over there. There's it's a couple of projects. It's not fast enough. Yes. And it's going to take me. time. And I forgot the last point. <laughs> I, when, I when agree Ryerson, with you, though. Ryerson could have gone south so quick. That could have gone so quick. They hustled on their own. The councillors took the ball and ran with it. The mayor and the others then went behind them and supported them. But council was allowed to take the direction on that. And primarily, Councillor Santos and Councillor Visante, they were willing to carry the ball and run with it. And they did such a fabulous job that they were able to save what could have been a disastrous situation and gave that uh, gave the confidence necessary for Ryerson University to still remain at the table and for the city to actually realistically talk about putting up that. And that run situation. classes. I right guarantee now. you, if this was the last council, that would have been doomed. That would have been so doomed fast. so quick. So quick. That would have been dead in the water. Yeah, you're right. 
So five out of five. Okay, fine. So all in all, we all think they're doing. I'm a good keeping job. my score out of four. <laughs> okay. Well, you can't so change wait, it for a you, third you, time. Now you're like, doing a third. No. They have a four out of four. You're on the wrong scale. You can only flip flop so much. <laughs> my scale, my scale is just. I'm, I'm a tough cookie to crack. Yeah. You well, know. we'll leave it at that. <laughs> that is all from the Brampton Talks podcast. We are now releasing the podcast every Wednesday, so you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or you can find the podcast on Apple Music, Google Play, or Spotify. Thank you.